Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman here, Logan Paulson there, reviewing more less than super fun tape, Logan. Uh, (laughs) 45-15, of course, was the final score between Washington and Miami and we're going to we're going to double click on a couple of bigger topics today as opposed to doing like oh hey here's how everybody played let's get through it all i want to talk about sam howell's progression slash we want to talk about sam howell's progression and we want to talk about i think what is the biggest topic this week which is terry mclaren's lack of productions three targets zero catches lots of cardio uh we will get into the defense a little bit at the end as well But I I think the big question I have for this offense, Logan, is like, is it regressing? Forget, is it progressing? Obviously, production-wise, it's going nowhere. But is it, we expected it to get better as the year went. Young quarterback who's getting more experience. Play caller learning his weapons and and the weapons learning the offense. O-line has been relatively healthy since the two changes uh, earlier in the year. So theory, theoretically, they should be coalescing and, and getting stronger week in, week out. And it just feels like at the very least, they're staying neutral, if not regressing in totality. So when you watch, you flip on the tape, like, what do you see? Well, I think it's just important to kind of remember that they played really good defenses the last two weeks. And say what you want about Miami, I think that defense has been getting better each and every week, especially since the addition of Jalen Ramsey. And they the coverage guys in the back end seem to really have a good understanding of what they're doing from a man-matched uh, standpoint. And so as that group's been playing better, and plus they've got Vic Fangio, and we talked about this on the pregame show, and we probably should have emphasized it more in terms of Sam's development. But what I will say is Vic Fangio's kind of in that same category, probably a little bit held in higher esteem than like Wink Martindale. And Wink Martindale's a guy that everyone thinks is a super bright dude. And I think Vic is even kind of that next step. He's the father of defense in the NFL as it's played today. And so I think you can tell this defense is really well coached. They had a really good plan. And when you come into a game and the defense is planned and schemed up this way and you don't have answers versus some of the stuff they're doing, 
Like you're going to look bad. And I think it's the same thing versus, um, versus Dallas. Like Dallas was a team that because of how they rushed the passer, were going to be problematic. And so if game flow got out of hand or Sam had to throw the ball a ton, it was going to be tough. And I do think they did some good stuff throwing the ball in that Dallas game. But I think this game is just like a more disciplined coverage structure and, a, and a, honestly, a, a rush plan that was really well executed. So um, to me, because of the two opponents, it makes sense that there is a little bit of a regression. But I also think this is a, these are good data points for Sam, especially in this game. And we're going to talk about some of this stuff in more detail in a second. But, you know, just some of his flaws – like when when the pressure's turned all the way up, you kind of get to see what what limitations a player has or where, where they need to develop. And I thought this game really showed that. In addition to like it's not just Sam; it's the offensive line struggled, oh, yeah. the receivers struggled, everybody had a tough day. But if you're talking about Sam being the guy, there are some things in this film that you're like, it'd be nice if you could make this play. I'm not saying he should make this play or that I'm expecting him to make. It's this a plus. Play. It's not expected. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think when there are system-wide failures, though, you have to look at the system, right? Yeah. And and obviously, like, this Andy Reid West Coast system works. Um, you know, look at the rings, look at all the production league-wide of, of variations of it uh, from what Doug Peterson does to what Reid does to some of the huge games they've had here to all the other places. You know, obviously, it's it's a cousin of what Kyle and, and that whole tree does in this West Coast uh, system. But how you implement it, how you put it out there each and every week, obviously is based on the coordinator and, and kind of based off of, of the team's plan of how they implement it. I mean, to an extent, Miami, uh, runs similar system. Like they yeah. run, you know, we're going to look at some of the, some of these plays in detail in a second. And there are counter examples in this game where Miami runs the same exact play. And how they are able to execute it is the difference, but it's also how it's detailed up and how, um, not just detailed up from the players say, knowing the exact landmarks they're supposed to hit, the timing, the rhythm, you know, getting the alignments and the splits right, like all these little things. But it's, hey, let's tweak the protection a little bit to make sure that we have time. Let's let's give uh, our offensive line and our quarterback a few more answers potentially. And I think that's the area where I'm, I'm really frustrated with this offense systemically is we watch teams week after week, good football teams, but you got to be good football teams. If you want to be good, um, good football teams easily match up with what Washington is doing. And the the pick six is a great example too. Not like super zone matched, obviously it's a screen, but Van Ginkle knows that's coming. And I think the predictability of this offense is, is a big problem. And we're seeing the ramifications of that. And it hasn't grown and evolved throughout the year in the way that we were expecting it to. And that's why it has stagnated, uh, on top of the, the opposition. Yeah. And I think to, to kind of, you know, just kind of point out another element here is like, as a play caller, you're, you're hoping players elevate the call. I think there is an element of that too, right? There's a, there's an opportunity to say, Hey, we have Terry, we have Logan Thomas, we have Jahan Dotson. They should be able to elevate and execute this concept. And I think so there's an element of predictability, but there's also an element of guys not elevating. And I think they they kind of go hand in hand. Like when you watch Miami in the prep, like they are very, they're acutely aware of the personnel that they have. And when you watch San Fran, it's the same thing. And we talked a lot about Miami having a weak offensive line and they go to extensive lengths to insulate that group, extensive lengths insulate them and it allows them these opportunities to maximize their playmakers and they have the best receiver in football who 
I'd say anybody in the league is going to have a hard time covering, right? Any defense, and that's been true this year. He's on a record-setting pace, all those types of things. But the the thing that sticks out to me is just the 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 hunger and the demand from the coordinator in Miami, um, Frank Smith and, or Frank Stevens, excuse me, and um, Mike McDaniel to just to understand that hey, we can't do drop back passing all the time. Hey, what is Tua really excellent at? And you know, he's this excellent point guard who can distribute the football well with a quick release. Let's maximize that. And so there's times where I'm like, EB, I like what he's doing conceptually. I like when you watch it, you're like, I see how he's trying to attack this defense. But is he, and, and on paper, it should work, right? It's sh- like, it all should work. And there are times where guys are running open, but understanding that you don't have, that you have a, a, a top 17, 16, 15 offensive line, it's not the best offensive line in football. You don't have Patrick Mahomes back there. Can we find wrinkles and nuance and ways to kind of elevate some of these guys in the concept? I think it's kind of what you're alluding to, but I do think, yeah. I do think ultimately, like, so that's part of it. And it's also players. Like, it's so funny. You know, Mike McDaniel said this, and I think this is really good insight. As much as I want to think it's about me, and he plays a big part in that offense, you know, very similar to like Kyle or Andy Reid, huge parts of the offense. He's like, it's about the players executing it and maximizing what we're calling and i think there's a lot of truth to that and so it's like there is a little bit of both happening here i would say yeah i think when you watch miami it's pretty clear that they understand how like you can do both right like you can have a scheme that like you can have great players and you can have a scheme that elevates them you don't just have to be like oh well hey let's just let's just get out the way and let these great players cook like let's let's dumb it down make it super simple and just let them win it's like no what if we took the things we do if we had lesser players and we did it with great players and the answer is historic um and and you have to be able to coach it and teach it up and um you know all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day like you watch Tyreek Hill line up as basically a tight end and then you know fly out of there with motion and get a running head start it's like of all the players in the league the last one who needs a running head start is Tyreek Hill and you don't know what they do give him a running head start anyway and you just don't see that stuff or you see you know and and this is where I think if I'm Terry and we're going to talk about some some play we're going to we're going to take five plays and we're going to pull them up and watch them unfortunately we can't share the video with you on YouTube because copyright but uh, Logan and I are going to sit here and, and have it in front of us as we talk about it. And we'll tell you, uh, I'll even give out the NFL Game Pass timestamps if people, people want to pull up their own NFL Game Pass and follow along. But you're going to see like, yeah, there's times when Terry could do better. But if you watch Tyreek in this game, he's all over the place. Like they toss him the ball a couple times. You know, A chain, uh, they, they give him like some funky toss plays on top of his regular running back reps. Like they find ways to get their best players, their most dangerous players, the ball, no matter what. And not that Terry's Tyreek in terms of skill set, that he can run a bunch of, like he's not, he's not a quasi running back um, in the way that like Curtis Samuel um, is. And, and I think you see occasionally, even in this game, like the the near touchdown, you see some of the old Tyreek KC stuff with Curtis. And I like that. Um, and I wish, honestly, they'd do some of that stuff more. I can't believe Curtis only has four carries on the year. That's not enough for me. Um, but I think you can, you know, jet pass or jet sweep uh, Terry to make sure he gets a touch. Make sure that the ball winds up in his hands. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't think that they've done very well this year. And not to mention finding stuff where he can win consistently and he's the first read. And, you know, at that point, the protection and 
for not that it doesn't matter at all because we see some quick game in this game where protection still breaks down in that speed. But if you're the first read and you're probably going to win on like a quick slant from the slot, then the protection matters a whole lot less. And that's the kind of stuff that we just haven't seen uh, in terms of taking advantage of 17. I think taking advantage of Jahan um, and, and that's undoubtedly hurt this offense because your best players aren't getting the ball. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, and I you know, I also just think it's important to point out, like, we're drawing a comparison to Miami. And, like, I just think about the roster construction and how, in terms yeah. of skill guys, they've gone and found a very specific type of athlete that fits what they do very acutely. So I, I think there's also something there. And, 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 you know, I think you could maybe make an argument that EB's still learning kind of how to maximize these guys and, like, what they do well and – you know, but not I also, to cut you off, but like my question would be like, what are you trying to learn at this point? Not that you can't keep learning as you go, but like these games, Rivera said something like this on Monday that like, honestly, I thought wasn't it. He, I think he meant it as like just a statement of fact slash to an extent of defense. And I think it's pretty damning, you know, because the question was, is Eric just running what he ran in Kansas city or is he trying to, you know, find out what works here? And Ron was basically like, we're still trying to figure that out yeah. when you're four and nine, it's too late. But I, so I, I would push back on that a little bit. And so what I what and again, like it is too late. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for this season. But right. it's it's always evolving. Like with when you're with right. Kyle, when you're with Sean, when you're with Mike, I'm assuming it's the same thing. Is the offense goes through these ebbs and flows and these evolutions and these regressions, and the good coaches are the ones that are able to kind of predict where it's going to go, right? And I do think like with a new play caller, that's one of the things you're going to run into is 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 things have changed, right? This stuff used to work really well, just kind of running it straight, you know, and Sam dealing. And that that's what worked really well for this group. What teams have obviously kind of seen it, they've adjusted. Now, where does that evolution come? And I do think that, that that's important to recognize with a new play caller is that he's still learning that ebb and flow. Like he always had Andy Reid and that offensive staff and, and very familiar with those players there. And he understood, oh, well, this is kind of the adjustment. This is what defenses are going to do here he's kind of laying his own path and so you have to kind of think creatively and <clears throat> and be a little bit self-critical and, and i think the bye week's a great time for that and self-scout and say oh man they're doing this different than i thought they would do or we're not getting the same miles out of these four plays so i think that's something that i understand what's ron saying and i know fans yeah, don't want to hear I, it. i understand it yeah. i i would just merely push back and say the difference between winning and losing in this league is how fast you do that i've always thought that this isn't I, to pick on eric no like I, the I, good the good coaches within games and week to week do that stuff faster because the result is you get stuck in those ruts for longer if you don't and you lose and at the end of the day while we care immensely about the process because over time good process leads to good results it is a results business. Like eventually you're re you get a big enough sample size that you are what your record says. It doesn't mean you don't know football. It doesn't mean like, you know, some of the, the nasty things that people will say. It just means the NFL standard is extremely high and you have to move quickly. You have to anticipate 
uh, just like a quarterback. You can't, you, you have to anticipate. You can't wait till it's, it's plainly obvious to everyone um, because by then you've, you've already experienced the result and the result is not going to be good for you. No, and I don't think I just, I'm not disagreeing with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like EB's going at a, his own pace here and he's learning. It's like the first time you did a radio show or the first time I played an NFL game, like that experience is a data point and you realize like kind of what's going on and you grow from every experience. And this is a, and sometimes I, I will say this in season for those people who aren't familiar with it, your face is so close to the goddamn thing. You're right on top of it that you can't even see like what's working and what's not working. So sometimes taking a step back and kind of saying, oh man, like this isn't going as well as we thought, or we got to coach this, this screen different, or we got to get, we got to emphasize this more in the week or whatever it is. And that's, that's part of the process, man. I think that's also one of the negatives of having a late buy. Like it's, it's tough in the NFL to kind of do the, to, to, it is tough for a new play caller to grow and evolve, I think. And the good ones do it. You're right. Absolutely. But I think it's also, okay to give him some grace and say this is the first time he's done this independent well, of independent of Andy Reid right yeah I and can, he, and I can, can give him that grace and be like hey oh, uh, over time like I hope I hope it's, he gets another shot to be a full-time play caller and he learns from it and he's better 100% this is the unfortunate reality of this season here though is like everybody's on a one-year deal yeah, you got a new owner you got all that stuff and um, I'm not saying you're advocating for like, oh, well, hey, well, just flush all this and oh, Harris and whoever you hire, they got to keep Eric Bieniemy because it was his first time and we have no. to be nice to him. And I know you're not saying that. And to be very clear to to the fans listening, Logan is not saying that. Right. Um, it's just the reality of like, I'm I'm evaluating it not so much as like EB's career arc. I'm evaluating it through the lens of this season, which is you had to be faster. You had to get your floor higher faster and then tweak off of that versus what it's been and I, and I think i totally agree i totally agree like this this is not this has not been good enough right because they're not winning games but he can also still be learning and both of those things can be true and i sure. think also with a young quarterback that's another factor in this that's so, so important to understand so is is the standard is the product on the field offensively the past two weeks what we've wanted no but they're playing good defenses with a young player with a with a group of um offensive linemen that again like they're not the best o-line in football have they and they've exceeded my expectations for the year which i know sounds insane but when you watch every play like i do you're like this is this is fine it's not good it's not terrible it's somewhere in that gray middle but understanding his growth understanding sam's growth and how they kind of are tied together in conjunction with the offense in the whole i think is super important also it's tough man like when you when you are calling offenses against teams that aren't aren't the the Miami Dolphins or aren't the Dallas Cowboys things work better and so when you get that really pressured defense that's like really really good and you got to make changes um those are good those are good learning experiences as well so I, I think I'm not trying to defend anybody I'm just saying like he's learning and like to my eye he's learning Sam is learning and this is the result well- that that's ultimately what I want to end this before we get into the the five plays that we've pulled is like do you actually see progression because to me this feels like a west coast version of Scott's offense right like Scott ran the air Coriel static offense it seems like this year they are running the west coast static offense there's not the motions and the different formations and you know obviously there there are some but like it's not it's not as creative and not as as um dynamic schematically yeah that, exactly dynamics the word i'm looking for and it doesn't move and shift in the way that miami's does week to week you know i know they're in year two instead of year one with mcdaniel right. there but like they 
they clearly are planning for the defense that they're going to face every week. And it just feels like they go out, they being commanders, go out and run the same stuff every week. And it works against bad defenses and it doesn't work against good defenses. And that's not good enough in the league because the league is hard. It's the best of the best. And you have to be more dynamic. And I just don't feel like, you know, we we say like, okay, he's got to have room to grow as a first-year play caller. My question is, do you actually see the growth? Because... To my eye, I don't, but my eye isn't as advanced and nuanced as yours. Yeah, and I, I would, I would agree with that assessment in large part, right? But I also know that I don't have access to all the information, which is why I'm mm-hmm. always a little bit tentative to kind of make a declarative statement. When I'm watching it, I'm like, this feels very, it feels what, like what you described. It feels like I'm calling what I want to call, and I'm not, I'm just calling a system, right? That, that's what it right. looks like to me. Now, he might be doing stuff that I don't see that, that's beyond me in terms of prep, in terms of what's happening on the practice field or what's happening in the meeting room. And also, like, I think in the plays that we reviewed, because we're going to talk about five plays, but I basically sent you almost every drop back pass that I could last night. And there are times where you're like, if Sam is in year two or three and he steps up and he handles this pressure a little bit better, there's open throws here. If, and if he anticipates throws better and if he's, right. and if his growth is a little bit better. Or if the but, O-line can hold on longer. Correct. Or receiver so, uncovers faster. And so that's where it's like, where, what, who takes responsibility for that? Who takes responsibility for the fact that when you're watching this offense, the receivers don't separate one play. The protection's not there one play. Sam doesn't step up one play. Sam doesn't anticipate one play. And I'm not saying those plays by Sam are easy plays. They're not. They're, they're advanced football plays that I expect good quarterbacks to make. But is that realistic? Is that a realistic expectation of a first-year play caller? And I would say probably not in most cases. So EB's got a vision for the offense. There are times with the clicker in your hand where you say, man, there's something here. Is that a realistic expectation for that player behind this offensive line with this set of skill position players is my question. And then if it's not, what can I do to elevate those decisions down and down? And there are times this year you've seen that. You've seen him elevate Sam. And then there are other times, and I think the last couple of weeks, you've seen Sam elevate the offense. And so that shouldn't be the case. It should be the coordinator elevating the player, the, the, the signal caller, the quarterback, the, the unit. And I think that's that's something that's really hard for me to, to say because I don't like being critical of coordinators. But to your point, it does look very similar and very straightforward. And yeah. again, I would ta- need to talk to EB about that and get clarification on his perspective on it. But to my eye, that's what it looks like. Right. And we should also say this is not all on Eric. Um, position coaches can help in some of this 100%. stuff too. We're like there's details that get missed and we'll get into that uh, in just a moment. <laughs> 